Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Pastor Clark Covington here with another episode of KJV Cafe. So good to have you here today. Man, we are having a good week. We are getting in deep to Genesis 2, talking about the relationship between God and his creation and man. Amen. And I'm going to read Genesis 2, 8, 9, and 10. This is the third part of a three-part message here or episodes here on this particular passage, Genesis 2, 8, 9, and 10. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads." All right, so we have here the introduction of the Garden of Eden. There is so much that's introduced in the first few chapters of Genesis. You have the earth, and you have the sky, and you have the animals. Then all of a sudden you have uh, plants as well for them to eat and be nourished by. Then you have the Sabbath. Now we have man. And guess what comes right after man? God gives us man, and then God gives us a home for man. And that home is a good place. Eden is a wonderful place, a luxurious place, a place of paradise, a a, a fruitful land, amen. Um, Something that man would be provided for. I mean, you get the sense it says God grew the trees out of the ground, right? And then what happens? And then man is to tend to these things, but they were good for fruit and so forth. I believe at this time, based upon scripture, that the plant life was incredibly robust. So man was never going to die. Okay, man was not intended to die. That's why in these uh, first, you know, uh, first generation, if you will, of created beings, they're living, you know, 500 years, 900 years, because they were never meant to die. So for them, that's a short life because they weren't supposed to die. Death hadn't entered the picture. Death entered. The Bible says that death enters the picture when sin enters the picture. And so before sin entered the picture, and we haven't seen sin yet, what do you have? You have man living forever. You have prosperous man. And what is the problem here with what's going to happen? Well, sin is going to enter the picture pretty soon. And and, and that has profound implications even today. And we're going to talk about that when we come back from this break. Hang in there. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. So why is it that now that sin is in the world, man is so far from God? I mean, why am I, I'm picking through Genesis 1 and 2 and harping on the sovereignty of God for the last, I don't know, whole season here, I think 40 some episodes, maybe 40 total episodes have literally been about the sovereignty of God. Why is it that like that even needs to be talked about? You know, I mean, nobody's walking around really talking about 
the sovereignty of a world leader. You know, you may not like a certain world leader. You may not like your president or you might not like, you know, the prime minister or whatever it is, but you know, not talking about like their sovereignty. I mean, they are the leader, right? They, it is what it is. They're not really now. Yes, I know politicians will try to make, make something out of anything, you know, but at the same time, generally speaking, people respect the leadership, but we don't respect God as a people. And the way I can say that is like, look around. There's sin everywhere. There's uh, violence all over the place. There's crime everywhere. There's uh, immorality that's rampant. Amen. Uh, don't get me started on all of it. You know, it, it's it's pervasive. It's pervasive out in the streets. It's pervasive on the cell phone, with social media and other apps. They're absolutely destroying uh, children. You know, they just had a hearing, uh, speaking of the government, and the hearing was about kids that have died from social media, whether it's bullying or whatever it may be. You know, it's, 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 it's a crazy time that we're living in. And the devil has, has really, really, really run rampant. And flesh has driven people to live uh, for their lusts and for their sins. And the world has, for the most part, celebrated it. And the question is, why have we gotten so far off from God? And the answer is, ready for this? unbelief. Unbelief. We are justified by faith. The Bible tells us in this very book in Genesis that Abraham was justified by faith. That means Abraham believed God and that was enough to justify him. That he, it was accounted to him for righteousness because he believed God. We understand that we're justified by faith. Hebrews eleven six tells us it's impossible to please God without faith. We are simply to believe. And if we believe wholeheartedly, then there's no problem. You know, if you truly believe the word of God, then you're going to be stepping on your own toes. You know, did I treat that person right? Was I, was I a loving Christian? Was I a witness today? Did I share the, the good news? Did I give out a gospel track? Did I, you know, am I, am I, uh, is my treasure in heaven? Is it not here on earth? We're checking ourselves because we're trying to live like Christ. You know, if everybody lived like that, Hey, it would be a very, very wonderful place. Dare I say, kind of like the Garden of Eden, amen? People would really get along and everything would be great. The only problem is you cannot fix sin with anything man can do. So man keeps trying to fix sin with laws, fix sin with uh, remedial programs in the prisons. And I, I love the prison ministry because that's the best way to fix sin, the only way to fix sin. But everything else doesn't work. The laws don't fix sin. The people making the laws are sinful. How can it, they fix sin? They're the ones that are also sinful. Amen. You know, we, we, we have so much sin in this world and it's all from unbelief because not that we're perfect when we believe in God, but that he works a new spirit in us. The old things pass away. We are, we are, we are not, again, we are a work in progress. We're still in the flesh, but we are so much better when we're close to God. And how do you get close to God? It comes by faith. Conversely, how do you fall into sin? Unbelief. You say, well, I'll do this sinful thing because I don't really believe. Like, I'm not really thinking that God is watching me right now. You know, it's the idea of willful ignorance. And that is where we got away from God. And what he's telling us in his word is he created this beautiful garden, this wonderful, luscious garden for man to tend to. Gave him purpose, gave him meaning, but also gave him everything he needed. And Man falls into sin and unbelief runs rampant. And here we are today. And we see these two trees that are put in the garden, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
And we understand that that tree of knowledge and good of uh, of knowledge of good and evil is evil itself, right? Therefore, we have a good tree and a bad tree because man chose the bad, and then guess what happens? They fell into the sin curse. It never it never eradicated. It never went away. Amen. And the good tree is the tree of life. Uh, I did some research on this and commentarians pointed to the tree of life now being Jesus, which I see in Revelation. Uh, there's a couple verses in Revelation, Revelation 2, 7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith un- unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give you to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So Revelation 2, 7 mentions paradise, which is another word for Eden. And we see the tree of life. And who gives it? Jesus Christ. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, capital S, saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Well, what are you overcoming? You're overcoming the very sin I just mentioned. And how are you overcoming it? By Jesus Christ. Because the only way to make up for sin, the only way to account for sin, the only way to overcome sin is to believe in Jesus Christ. So the tree of life for us now is Jesus Christ, and the only way to be forgiven of our sins is nothing that we can do. No works can save us, no pedigree, no amount of money, no good looks, no anything else. The only thing saves us is the blood of Christ, which already was shed at Calvary's cross for anyone that would believe. So Jesus died for all mankind, past, present, and future, that would believe in him. So the same problem we have with unbelief is the same solution we have to eradicate the sin debt that we owe, to wipe it out. Amen. Uh, the ex- example I've, I've been given is uh, a credit to our account that we couldn't make on our own. And so I got an email once from a, a store and they said, you have a credit on your account. And I didn't do anything. They just gave it to me. But because I accepted that credit, I now no longer had any debt. You know, not that I had any debt with them, but that's the idea is that you wouldn't have any debt. So we're already in a sin debt because of what Adam and Eve did, whether we like it or not. Amen. That's the first human. We're all related to the first human because we're all human. And so we have this sin debt that we cannot repay, that we're born with, that we have for our entire lives, that we must face judgment for. And Christ comes along, dies on the cross at Calvary, is risen three days later, had lived a sinless, perfect life. By dying on the cross, by giving himself, by being willingly obedient to drip, drip, uh, drink from that bitter cup of sin for all humanity, past, present, and future, Christ then becomes our, the Bible word would be propitiation, our payment for sin. And so we have in Jesus Christ the true tree of life. That's how we overcome sin. And that's how we can have that tree of life to eat from for eternity. Because once we are free from sin, we are no longer under the bondage of sin. We're no longer under the curse of sin. That's why Paul writes about how, how there's, no, there's no sting in death anymore, amen, because we never really die. Now, the Bible talks about the second death, and that would be being cast off into hell because we have a never dying soul, and that soul is either going to go to heaven or hell. And so you don't want to go to hell, and the only way not to go to hell is to go to heaven. The only way to go to heaven is by Jesus Christ. It's very simple, amen. We simply trust by faith we come to Jesus And we are forgiven of our sins, amen. We're no longer under condemnation, the Bible tells us. We're no longer condemned. Revelation 22, 2, in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare 12 manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So we have a mention again of that tree of life. I think of 12, I think of 12 months in a year, but I also think of like the 12 tribes of Israel, 
All of this is God's poetic way of letting us know that when we accept Christ as Savior, we are free from sin. Amen. And that tree of life that is uh, what we will see in the end, amen, is mentioned in the beginning of God's word. And so it's mentioned here in Genesis 2, and it's also mentioned there in Revelation 2 and Revelation 22, because that's how God's doing things. He's letting us know in the beginning and at the end, this is what it is, because he is the beginning and the end. And that is the tree of life. And yet man, for whatever reason, wasn't satisfied and wanted to go for the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And it led to all of the pain and heartache we see today. And the only way to break that cycle, you know, people say, well, how can you preach about the cycle of sin? I mean, we probably just brought up in a household full of just Bible stuff. No, I wasn't. I was a witness to what sin does. I saw divorce on every side. I saw alcoholism. I saw drug abuse. I saw sexual abuse. I saw immorality. I saw uh, every kind of abuse. I saw every kind of problem you can imagine, every kind of snare. I saw a broken home in pieces. And I saw the consequences of sin, not just my sin, though it was great, but others' sin, my relatives' sin, others' sin. You know what happens when they sin? It affects me. It affects you. It affects others. Sin has a wake. There's a wake of sin. One of the messages I preached many years ago, the wake of sin, it reaches many and it afflicts many. And I saw it. And I said, what is this wretched thing? What is this curse? And in my unregenerated mind, I couldn't answer it. But the Lord saw fit to save me. The Lord saw fit to allow me today to to tell you that if you are living in sin, it is time to get away from it because in his word, he is speaking clearly of a tree of life and he is speaking clearly of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ is our salvation and Jesus Christ should be our Lord and Savior and not one that we reject, but one we accept and one we believe out of simple faith we believe in. And he will deliver us from this world. He will help us to overcome this world. He will allow us to thrive in this world because he is sovereign, as we've seen in Genesis 1 and 2 over and over again. He is sovereign. Oh, praise God for his sovereignty today. Praise God for his wonderful plan for creation. Praise God for his beautiful sacrifice. Let us give God the praise today and let us turn our hearts squarely on him and never forget what he's done for us. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow. Same time, same place.